Go Remote is a podcast from Pointer Remote, a company who specialises in connecting employers with talent that work remotely from across Australia. Go Remote is a chance to meet people leaders from progressive, forward-thinking organisations and hear about how they embrace remote, hybrid and distributed teams. If you're looking to grow your team or if you're looking for your next remote role, head to pointerremote.com. Hi, I'm your host, Joe Palmer, and today on Go Remote, I'm talking with Erin and Tessa, the co-CEOs of the Australian Myotherapy Association. Erin and Tessa share some really interesting insights into how they run their completely virtual organisation. They give some great tips on strategies and systems and processes that they've put in place to really make their distributed team work in a streamlined way. I hope you get some really good takeaways from this episode. Oh, well, I am very excited to be joined today by Tessa and Erin, who are the co-CEOs of the Myotherapy Association. Um, Tessa, you've been handballed the uh, the introduction job. Can you give us a, a, an overview? What, what's the Myotherapy Association and what do you two do? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us both on as well. So Myotherapy Association has been around for quite some years now uh, and Erin and I have just taken this over in January, which is really exciting. And for us, Myotherapy Australia is an association, so an allied health association for myotherapists only. So we are the only association that solely advocates for myotherapy uh, and that is for myotherapy in a bachelor and also an advanced diploma. So we do a lot of advocacy work. We do a lot of work with our members in ensuring that their industry is current, keeping them up to date with all their private health funds. But essentially as Myotherapy Australia, we are a single body for myotherapists um, nationwide, but also based in Victoria. Erin and I have come on in a very interesting role, uh, the first time that we have seen co-CEOs, and we've just really taken on that decision as Erin and I both are still practicing myotherapists and very much enjoy being myotherapists, but realise that both of us have very different skill sets. So we thought a combination of our skill sets together would be a really nice fit for probably some developmental growth that the association needed to go through. And we thought that combining our skills together would really make the best change moving forward. So good. I love it. Well done to you guys. And well done that you're still, you're both still friends and turning up to interviews at the same time on time. So well done. Look, We're getting there. So to talk me through what does the organization look like from um, a workplace sort of setup. Is there an office? Is there um, meetups? Is there what does it look like? How are you guys running this show? Yeah, yeah. So we're running this show virtually. It's just a it's just a virtual existence for us. Yeah. So we are um, a virtual office without a physical office. We have a little storage unit um, in Melbourne in Fitzroy that sometimes will go down and that then I'm like, oh, I'm going down into the office. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, we are virtual based. So our office exists 
on Teams um, and we jump on the computer each morning and sign into Teams and switch our cameras on and, and say good morning, just like we're walking into the office and, and you know, um, we bring our co-workers with us to work as well. So my two co-workers are on the floor. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's us. We are virtually working. Yeah, that's so good. So um, who makes up your team? So you've got the two of you co-CEOing. Who else is involved in the organisation in your distributed team? Yeah, we're at the front of the bicycle pedalling. And then behind us, um, we have three staff members that sit behind us. So we have a, uh, a association manager. We also have an events manager and then we have an admin person as well. Uh, and we're all kind of spread across across everywhere. We have a, um, myself and our events manager are located in Melbourne. Uh, Tessa, my co-CEO is in Queensland. We have Madeline located, look, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not, I'm never entirely sure where she is, but she's in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Um, <laughs> you go to Dubai and then you keep going is, is the best that I can understand. Um, I asked her how her, her day went the other day and she said, I had to go out and meet the delivery guy on the main road. And I was like, okay, how long a drive was that, Madeline? And she's like, oh, a little bit. <laughs> um, so she's in the middle of nowhere. And then um, our, our administration uh, staff member is actually in the Philippines. So, yeah, we're, we're spread out. Interesting. So you've got a, a truly global team that is distributed all over. And I just, as a true country person as must comment on what a very Melbourne centric comment that was where where <laughs> Madeline lives. Yeah. And look, my family's from the country and, and I've spent a lot of time in the country, but I do love coming back to Melbourne and being like, yep, my neighbours are just there and just there. <laughs> so you said that you guys pretty much live in teams. How do you think you've been able to really, I guess, take advantage of what a flexible location, I guess, being not having a, a physical pre presence and premise. What are, what are some things that you guys have been able to take advantage of with, with not actually having that as part of the organisation's physical structure? Yeah, look, I think, you know, it, look, I think case in point, um, when the previous CEO resigned, um, she lived literally around the corner from me. Uh, and I took on that role to just kind of caretake while Tessa and I sort of, you know, and the rest of the board could try to come up with, okay, well, what next? And it was literally like by virtue of the fact that we had a virtual office that we were able to even consider the plan of having co-CEOs and having two CEOs in completely different states. Uh, so, you know, I think that's, that's real testament. But Tessa, you know, what do you... What do you think? By having a virtual team, it's allowed us to access skills that we probably haven't been able to access prior. So it means, you know, we don't have to have someone that is Melbourne based, that we can really access whoever we like with the appropriate skills for the association. So it's really given us the opportunity to, I guess, expand and find the exact person we need for that role. And then also be able to support them as well. I know all of our team very much appreciate being able to work from home and have the flexibility with family and children and times of day that they're able to work. And it just means that, yeah, we've been able to access skills that we previously have not been able to and really extend our team. And because we are, we're a national association, but very much started in Victoria. 
And we have about um, 80% of our members are Victorian, but we have rest of ours in New South Wales, Queensland, Darwin, and NT, um, and also SA and WA. But it means we're able to access people that live in those states as well and gives us a little bit of a perspective as to how our organization is then also perceived and running within those states which we previously wouldn't have had so it is really cool I know uh Madeline does consider herself New South Wales <laughs> um, I only know that because of the bitter rivalry between New South Wales and Queensland but the it is nice because our Queen, uh, New South Wales is our second largest state other than Victoria which is then very closely followed by Queensland when it comes to our association members so it is really nice that each of us have a little bit of advocacy for our states uh and yeah it just gives us a really nice overview of how we are running um nationally as well yeah that's such a good point and i think that this is something that um that organizations that we've worked with at pointer remote over the years have actually really explicitly been able to show as a benefit of having a distributed team when you do it interstate and it's been quite often say accounting firms that will say put on a remote they might be Queensland-based. They put on a remote chartered accountant in Western Australia and then miraculously they start picking up clients in Western <laughs> Australia because that person lives there. They can almost do that on-the-ground marketing. Say, look, I work like I'm an accountant, yes, and no, I don't work for a local firm. I work for a firm in Queensland and, yes, they are flexible and, yes, I get to do my best work because I'm working this way. So. It's a really, it's really interesting to see that you guys have sort of seen that as well and that you, that's actually part of like the strategy, I guess, that when you've got that distributed team that you can take advantage of that. That's really cool. I wonder as well when organisations, you guys were already sort of on the, the front foot as far as being able to transition, you know, with a co-CEO role um, because you were already a distributed team. Did you in the past have a bricks and mortar like um, set up and that this was a transition? And like how long ago are we sort of talking about with the transitioning into this completely virtual thing? Erin, do you want to fill us in on that? That's amazing. And I think that that's such a like a fabulous thing to be able to like scratch off the balance sheet is you. The, the rent. Rent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tell me, what are some things that you guys have put in place that really has been able to make sure that while there isn't that bricks and mortar and you haven't got that incidental water cooler chat, what are some things that you've put into, into place to sort of make sure that it's not everyone sort of sitting on their lonesome and that you've actually got that, that company culture and that's keeping everyone engaged on, on life and work at the same time? Yeah, it is really interesting because I know yeah. that's often a lot of the concern people have is, oh, it's going to take away from the culture and we feel like we're on our own working. Um, but our team every morning when we sign in, we sign into just a running virtual office um, chat that we have in Teams. So everyone signs into that in the mornings. Everyone jumps on. We have a good chat about what's happening, how everyone's day was. It was only last week, Madeline was like, oh my gosh, there's a massive hawk going past. Um, so it's often in the morning we, we have a chat and catch up with everyone. And then kind of all of us are there anyway. Um, we just hang out in the virtual office all day. We come and go for things. Um, if it's 
a lot of it is like uh, I'll turn off my camera while I'm eating lunch is usually the good one. Uh, but yeah, we come and go out of that office as we need through different meetings and if it's into another meeting with someone else. But we still really maintain one main channel for anyone that is working on that day. So we can kind of keep everyone up to date with things that are happening on that day. There is a lot of memes, a lot of gifts that happen through there as well from everyone, which is always really nice and really fun to keep that as well. And I think it is important that we do keep some of those lighthearted things happening as well and keep that kind of fun happening through those channels as well, which is what we have that for. And then we often break off into different meetings if it's particularly the marketing team go off together or it's in regards to making health funds. They go into separate chats on their own and hang out and do that and then come back together. So I think that's a really important part for keeping that cultural uh, cultural aspect together is that all of us, do come together that are on on the day um, and all of us give updates to each other I think we very much communicate really well as a team to be like hey I'm going to be late or I'm I'm actually ducking out to this I'm coming back to this I'll be over here we do have set hours we're usually there but we're really flexible with that which is the absolute bonus of having um, I guess all virtual that if it's like hey I need to dock duck out for an appointment they duck out they come back in and they get the flexibility we give them the flexibility to work whatever they kind of want as long as the work is done so I think it is really nice to maintain that connection in the office every day in that aspect as well um but that's the kind of keeping that cultural aspect together I guess in terms of processes and organization we we our whole systems run on microsoft office but we have planners for each um, of our members and we can all add on to each other's um and we kind of have processes that everyone leaves comments as to where they're up to they attach documents to the set projects that we're doing so we can all keep a bit of a tack on each other's work and be like okay cool i can pick that up for you erin while i'm in today or i can see you're pretty loaded today i'll pick that up um and just see if i can contact those for you so we do have a united planner that everyone gets to see and very much gets assigned to the projects that they are following which keeps us all together really nicely as well and then the girls in the emails have all their own little categories and tags that um if erin needs it it's tagged with erin and erin then reads it when she comes in <laughs> so we have done a lot of that organizational part to make sure that everyone is on board as to where things need to go and we keep that communication at a really high level because I think that's what makes the process quite easy for us is making sure our organisational structure is really clear and we communicate really effectively. I didn't realise that you guys are like pin up um, how to do <laughs> virtual teams. <laughs> the back end has taken us some very structured time and that was mainly the thing when we stepped into this role together that um, our priority was organization first because if we had that we both knew we could then do our jobs easier so there was a lot of that that started and honestly the team that we had in place as we stepped in also had a lot of their own beautiful systems in place which is really really handy as well so we are very lucky that that was already somewhat in place for us and then it was just adjusting a few things as well for them I'm sure there'll be other things that come up and fires that happen Erin and I still we still share like a co-CEO email and um it's always like did I send that to that did I not send that to that so there is always like a huh, what is happening there and like what CEO CEO am I today is am I attending that meeting or are you attending that meeting so 
we're very much flushing those things out, but that's okay. We get there. Well, my my next question was around like um, advice that you guys would give to, I guess, organisations that are looking at potentially hiring their first employee, or if they are already an established organisation that like they um, and are doing this remote work thing for the first time. Erin, would you be able to talk through any sort of advice that you'd have on um, even just a few of those systems and processes that you put in to start with that you think are non-negotiable and that you would make sure were in place and you have your head around before you start hiring someone? Yeah, I think for, for me the like probably the non-negotiable is the planner uh, and being really clear on, okay, how are we going to use this? How, how, how do I understand it working and how can I then get my staff to be working with me on that? Um, for me, that's the, like, the key thing to, to know what the staff are up to, where they're at and where on earth I'm up to, you know, with, with my work. So that for me is pretty key. Uh, and then probably closely followed by um, sort of having this policy of, you know, at your desk, camera on, um, microphone off, but you can always give someone a little wave and go, oh, hey, can I just chat to you for a second? I just need five minutes of your time so that I can get this answered. Uh, that I think just saves a bazillion emails that, again, yep, as Tessa said, going, which bloody email boxes that in where do I need to search for it you know um that quick quick camera on give some of the wave great um you know can I can I chat to you so they're probably my two that that I think are really 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 important and and make that solid foundation to then bring other people on from Mm. Tessa have you got any that you'd like to add in there that you think that are are must-haves yeah, I certainly agree with Erin that having uh, some kind of, whether it's a plan or whether it's Trello, whether it's Monday.com, whatever your vibe is for your company, um, something along those lines where projects are distributed to staff with tasking that goes with them, due dates that's attached, all of the documents are then on that one area. It just makes it really tidy and clean for people and it's a lot easier to understand rather than wasting time on trying to understand the task when we could just be doing the tasks. So I think that just creates a lot of efficiency within the team as well and just avoids, again, thousands of emails that I probably am never going to read because there's just too many in there. So we certainly have that. And I think the second thing is that, one, that creates to it day-to-day communication about things. If it is on a project, putting that communication onto the planner Uh, so then it's not getting caught up in the emails and then we kind of lose some of the communication or tasking that needs to happen. That was very much what happened when we stepped in. A lot of the tasking was occurring through emails and then it just gets lost. I don't know what you're up to. What's your due date? Where is our KPI on that? And we really lost that. So attaching that onto each of the planners is very much helpful as well. Uh, So I think that is certainly one of the main drivers for keeping us running really well, uh, for sure, and keeping it very efficient. Uh, We are still working through at the moment having, and I think this will make our lives a lot easier, is having a one system of filing. So everyone's documents we're working on are in one area. Uh, Erin laughs because this is her job, not mine. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Look, we had a file (laughs) that's... Dropbox, 
Gmail, OneDrive, Cloud. We, we had documented all of them, man. Like we have an account for everything. Uh, and it's stressful because I'm like, where is that document? Uh, but we spend six hours trying to figure them out. So we are now condensing them into the one area that all of our staff have access to. And we, when we're working on a document, it's updating it for the entire team. And we're not having to be like, oh, here's the updated version. Here's this. It's just one version that's being updated um, unanimously across there. Um, and that just triggers another thing is um, password managers. So all of our team can manage passwords and be like, this is all the passwords for admin. These are all the passwords for marketing. These are all the passwords for events. Saves everyone a heck ton of time. I don't want to ask this if the answer is horrible and that I'm going to like freak out about, but like, please telling me, are you using an online password manager or are these sitting in some Word document that gets stuck, printed out and stuck in the back of people's diaries and lives in their handbag next to their car keys and their wallet with their home address. But talk about cybersecurity. Uh, we were there. Yep. Um, so having a mm. uh, secure managed password system that is individually, I guess, tailored for each staff member and what passwords they need for that has been so such an efficiency changer. Good to hear because I feel that that is literally needs to be 101 of hiring someone remotely. <laughs> yeah, password really management. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if I never have to send another email going, please see the text message with the Dropbox password and then sending a text message going, password for the box of drops. You know, like <laughs> that'll confuse the hackers. <laughs> laugh, but I know that many uh, business is still at that stage and I, I get it. And But I think it just, if, if you're listening to this and that has not been on your radar, that it should be made a very high priority for your organisation is to get a password security vault you can do them up they're cheap as chips yeah. they are worth worth the waiting goal yeah they work yeah, they just work and you know my number of wrinkles and rosacea has gone down <laughs> since uh <laughs> since instigating the password manager like it is life-changing in on all sorts of levels that you never thought it would be sorry we hold a lot of data in terms of you know like health data Medicare numbers and all of that kind of stuff for us. So having that cybersecurity is super important for us. Um, and that, that just adds an level of protection that we're not having the same password across everything that is creating the passwords for us now as well, which I think is probably something that when you are online is something that become a little bit more of a presence or con not really a concern, but an area you've really got to think of that when you're online, what is that cybersecurity and, and how are you, I guess, accessing the systems that are out there for it now? But it is something that you have to kind of be like, oh, yeah, cybersecurity needs to be looked at if we're going to be on this virtual pathway. A hundred percent. And like you've got really like we've seen horrific stories in the media about like that, especially around health data, like that it needs to be a priority. I um, I I wonder if you've got some hot tips for organizations that like might be already having say possibly a, a hybrid setup where they've got a bricks and mortar store or clinic or front of house or warehouse or whatever that looks like where some people are coming in and some people might be distributed elsewhere or um or those others that are fully remote and fully distributed have you got one hot tip each erin you can give us your one first about 
something that you're like that we are nailing, like something that we are really doing a good job at that you would say get on board? Yeah, look, I think it's probably our culture. It's probably our, our workplace culture of, of having these, you know, chats that, at the start of the morning of, hey, how was your, how was your weekend? Tell me what's happening, you know, or getting, talking to your staff member and, and them saying, oh, sorry, my, my husband's just coming in. And you're like, no, that's great. How you going? What's happening? You know, so having that culture of just giving five or 10 minutes in the morning to, you know, how's life? You're in your house at the moment and I respect that. Um, and I want to know you as well uh, in, in you, the person, not just you, my, the, the staff member or my colleague that I work with. So I think, I think we're doing a really good job of that because as a consequence, I see the team working so well together and respectfully together. And I just, I feel so proud that, you know, we're a virtual team, but we all have a really fabulous connection. And then I think it makes our work better. Um, for me, that's such a important thing in a team is that you, you know, uh, know each other on, on beyond just colleague level, you know, have, have, a, have that connection. Um, yeah, so that's my, that's my big tip. Really foster that culture, really acknowledge those connections with your, with your staff. Goodness me. Icing on the cake. You're top of the class, you, you two. Look at you. <laughs> Tessa, have you got your hot tip? Yeah, look, I definitely agree. Culture is great as well, Erin. Um, my hot tip would be ensuring that the entire team has the same direction as whoever is leading the ship. Uh, that I think that certainly makes sure that one, the culture continues to grow, but everyone is working towards a unified goal that very clear on expectations and very clear on company vision and aim so at the core what is our company about uh on a value level so like how do we want to treat our staff how do we want to treat customers what is the vision we put forward so i think having that immensely clear from the start and then your management team fully dedicating to uh, portraying that um and then that leaks through the staff as well that they see that same portrayal and then just being clear on and clear and transparent probably as well about um, what your goals are for that 12-month period or if you're someone that does a two-year plan, um, being very clear and transparent about the challenges but then also what your vision is for the next period of time. So everyone's like, yep, cool, I know exactly what my job is, I know exactly what we're all working towards and we're all working towards that same goal rather than us all running on different branches of the tree and wondering why we're never getting anywhere that we're kind of all on the same river is really important. So I think we do a really great job of that, that our team are all very much, although we have different projects, Erin and I take separate projects. If a new project comes into the company, we decide whose skills are best suited for it and whose plate is looking the fullest and distribute that out to whatever CEO um, will best complete that. And we very much follow that. If it is Erin's project and someone contacts me, I will help them as best I can and direct towards Erin. Or if Erin's like, Tess, I need some help on this project, I will pick it up to help, but I am not the leader of that project. So I think it's being really clear as to the direction that each of you are going and respecting that then. Like I said, I'm just adding even more of my fangirl, like I'll put you in my little fangirl pile <laughs> over here with how... You can come 
I'm doing that one. That's fine. <laughs> you're doing things. I really, I thank you both for your time. I, that's been some really, really interesting um, takeaways for me, which was a, a, specifically around that consolidation piece of like having things all in one place. Um, I really love as well that version control management so that you're not resending Word docs with version 117, sorry, um, on the on the document back and forth on email. So I really love that. Um, but I really, the, the fact that, Erin, that your first thing straight up was that your culture piece, like I love that. Like, And I think that being on the end where I work with organisations to help them find good people to work with them remotely for me to be able to hand on heart say that organisations that prioritise culture for people that are working remotely for them, like you are, that is just setting setting things up to hum. And I think that that's something that anyone listening to this, if that can be their big takeaway is the fact that if you've got your people and your culture right up front, you get the best out of them, you get the best results for your your, your clients or your members or your customers or whoever you're dealing with, you're getting the best of everyone when you've, you've got their priorities up there. So, well, congratulations. It's actually really, it's great when you get to hear that, that organisations are really nailing it like that. Go Remote is a podcast from Pointer Remote, a company who loves working with progressive, forward-thinking organisations who understand that postcode does not determine where talent lives. We also love putting those talented people that live all over Australia into remote jobs. So if this sounds like you, head to our website, pointerremote.com, 